The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. I know, I'm doing it. Thank you, Karen. I kind of need that to get pumped up for today. Well, hello. Thank you for joining us on another exciting edition of Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and that was Karen Russell, the best damn lender in the state of Indiana, who is cheering along. Hello, Karen. Hello. We were, um, you know, several, many, 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 many months ago, we did a Facebook Live video I know Karen has some scars from that we've had to pay for a little therapy because we did it during a break and she wasn't really prepared and she was wearing jeans and had a ponytail or something I don't even know because she looked gorgeous as always but right before we went on air right now you guys have me all distracted because I'm like I don't know what you're talking about I'm kind of glad that this isn't like Facebook live because yes we don't want to whatever but I am going to welcome back uh Rachel Yay. Uh, yay. That's why I'm so excited. I know. I know. We're all giddy and like confused because um, if you remember, we had to talk about last week. I said, when you last left us, we were crying. And then we were crying again when you joined us again because we were crying because Rachel was going off to have a tumor removed, uh, which is not, a, you know, getting your nails done kind of thing. And it's now been three weeks, two weeks, two. That's what I thought. And then I go, no, it's been three, but really it's been two. And she is back with us today, which is amazing. Yes. And, she, and you look amazing, Gorgeous. Too. Right. And she's still cursing like a sailor, so we can't let her on the air. <laughs> but she said, I want to come back. What's your show about? So she's going to be doing some live posting on Facebook. So please follow along on that uh, Facebook if you have or, or not, because there's going to be some good stuff going on there. Uh, we just came off of Thanksgiving break. How was your Thanksgiving? Do we talk about it? Do we not talk about it? Just a lot of turkey, mm. a lot of stuffing. Uh-huh. I had none of that. Good for you. Yeah. You know, whatever that ingredient is inside in the turkey that they say. The tryptophan or whatever. Whatever that makes you. Yeah. I tried to fight it. Yeah. I succeeded sometimes. Not all the time. So you slept a lot is what you're saying. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Excellent. And and did you impress anyone with your knowledge of interest rates, T-bills, things that we were talking about last week? Totally. That's all I talked about Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. anybody that was in my presence. Right, right. So hopefully everybody listened to last week's show and impressed them with the talk about uh, mortgage interest rates. It was a fascinating show, Rachel. I'm sure you would have listened to it had you not been heavily medicated or something, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So interest rates are still... Clicking up a little? They are clicking up a little bit. Uh-huh. They're, they were kind of steady today, between today and yesterday. That's okay. about 
as steady as they've been for okay. a little bit. Really? So every day they've been back and forth a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Okay, interesting. Well, if you are interested in what's going on with interest rates, I highly recommend listening to last week's show. It was sort of our holiday gift guide, um, but we did talk about interest rates um, at the, I think, the last portion. Yes, it yes, was a very was. fast, how quickly can I explain how interest <laughs> rates work? <laughs> um, so, but we talked about sort of how um, investors buy mortgages and how that impacts interest rates and that kind of thing. So really good information there. And then everybody went out and did their Black Friday shopping, small business Saturday shopping, Cyber Monday shopping. It's all yeah. very complicated these days. Yeah, I didn't do any shopping. None? None. Not a lick. No, I drove my mother-in-law around to a couple places here that she doesn't have where she's from. Yeah. And that was about it. Interesting. And yeah, that's yeah. all I did. I don't think I did any either. But today is Giving Tuesday. It is. So that's a new thing. Okay. That's kind of a cool idea. This is the, like, when you donate to charity yeah. or... We spend like, all this money on ourselves. Now take a little bit of time to do something for... Did I didn't you, know it was today. Yeah. Now, I know that there's always a wish list. So all the nonprofits yeah, in our in our area will put a wish list out, which they did last week. And I read through all of it. Is that on the paper? It was. Oh, I should read the paper more often. Yeah. So... Interesting. Well, did you see my big news? No. On Giving Tuesday? I've not been on <sighs> social, social media. media. No, I'm taking Duh. a break. There's a lot going on out there. I know. And I, I think I have not got it onto Twitter because I don't have Rachel. And so <laughs> I'm kind of, every once in a while I post some things on Twitter, but I'm not so good about it. So my big thing for Giving Tuesday was um, an announcement of a 10, what I'm calling my 10, 10, 10 celebration. Well, don't look it up. I'm going to tell you what okay. it is. She's That's pulling her phone out. Like she's to. Gonna, yeah. I'll, I'll, t- I'll just tell okay. you what it is. Just listen. Um, so next year, 2017, is 10 years in real estate for me in that Bloomington, Indiana. That is and I don't think I've ever done anything for 10 years. Literally. Well, I guess I've, I've been with yours for more than 10 years. There so. you go. There you go. So 10 years in real estate, and I thought I need to do something big. And one of the phrases that keeps popping into my head, and I'm going to misquote it, so I do need to pull it up here on uh, my phone. Um, ever since... Mm, you know, that thing happened in early November, which regardless of how you feel about that thing that happened in early November, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You still, you felt like you needed, I don't know, to, you didn't feel good about it. I, I don't think anybody felt good about how things ended. Anyway, so right. this pops into my head. It says, do your little bit of good where you are. It's those little bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. And that was a quote um, from Archbishop Desmond Tutu. So I that's, like that. Yeah. So that's really stuck with me. And it's made me feel like, okay, what can I do in my little bit of the world? A little bit of good in my little bit of the world and, and an attempt to overwhelm. Oh, don't cry, Karen. I know. I'm pretty emotional Okay. Right all uh, right. You know, holidays, all that good stuff. So. Right. Okay. Well, I'll start to tell some booger jokes or something. That'll <laughs> even it out, right? So anyways, um, so trying to put the whole thing together, this came to me in the shower, which is where most of my excellent thoughts come to me. And it is... That in 2017, 10% of my commissions are going to be donated to uh, 10 local nonprofits um, in honor of 10 years there of being go. in business. And, you know, I, re- I recall you talking about this a little bit throughout yeah, the year. Like well, I just came trying to figure out what some, I was going to do. Yes. So I'm glad I, it all came together. Yeah, so I put the big announcement out today on Facebook. I've had some really great feedback, and I'm just asking for people um, who are local here <clears throat> to give me a suggestions of nonprofits. 
And it's amazing the list that's been coming out and people have been commenting because I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of worthy organizations. I think it's going to be really tough to narrow it down to 10, which is why I'm glad I started and gave myself a month head start to kind of figure out how I'm going to manage all that. But I will keep people posted and I just want to encourage people to do their little bit of good and maybe together we can all overwhelm the world as, you know, we read fighting fires and... I know. Plane crashes. This is how out of it I've been. I did not even realize what was going on. The Gatlinburg is on fire. Yes. Yeah. I got married there once. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of mixed emotions about the place, but anyways. Um, So, in honor of this the uh, holiday shopping season, I thought it would be quite apropos to talk about credit. I've been wanting to do this ever since the very first show 36 weeks ago, or however many that was. I know, crazy, Already? right? Crazy. 30, okay. I knew it was like March. But well, it might be more than that, but this is show number 36, content-wise. Um, so, you know, I've been wanting to do credit, and I sat down and started to sort of just brainstorm the th- all the things that I wanted to say about credit and that I thought people should know about credit. And it really kind of turned into a monster. And I think that's one of the things that's sort of slowed me down from doing this show earlier. So we're going to talk today just sort of philosophically about what's credit and credit reports versus credit scores and how did it all kind of come about. And then I think next week we'll probably talk in more detail about things you can do to improve your credit, like specific things to do mm-hmm. to improve your credit. Um, my philosophy on credit scores is that they're sort of a necessary evil. Um, you know, a lot of people listen to Dave Ramsey, the financial guru, and he's all no credit, no credit, no credit. Um, you know, he says, don't worship at the altar of the FICO gods. We're going to talk about what FICO means. Um, and I get that. And I totally, it, it makes sense to me. And I always cringe, and I don't know, Karen, how you feel about this. Um, you know, sometimes you have to tell people to open up a credit card, buy a pack of gum, pay it off. That was my appointment right before the show. Yeah. A uh, young girl came in, just wanted to see what would she qualify for. She has very limited credit, and she asked, should I go open up something? And it is a tough it's a tough uh, call to make. Now, the program she was wanting, uh, she only needed at least two trade lines, like two types of credit reporting, which she had, but she needed to have like 12 months of history, mm-hmm. and she's about five months away on, on one of them. So anyway, I just said, I'm not a proponent of opening up more cards for the sake of trying to establish credit. Right. There are other things that, you know... A lender could possibly do, and coming from someone that um, I used to use my credit cards all the time and yeah. then not pay them, yeah. yeah. So it's hard for me to have that suggestion. Yeah. But sometimes that is something that would help someone get. A credit and it's established. it's almost like you know what do you what's your goal and what's the most efficient way to get there? Sometimes it's efficient over effective, and so right. you know on the one hand you don't want to put yourself in debt when you don't have to, but on the other hand it's going to be much more difficult to get some things that you might want and need in your life if you don't have a credit score. But on the other hand, delaying gratification to save up to buy for something, especially a house, is always appropriate thing mm-hmm. to do, in my opinion. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of that. But on the other hand, sometimes saving up to buy a house isn't realistic. And, and now I'm out of hands. So, <laughs> so what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Right. 
So that's why I've kind of concluded that credit is a necessary evil. And I think at the end of the show, we'll sort of hopefully wrap everything up with a nice tidy bow And um, in terms of where I stand on this. But just a rem- reminder, so most people kind of know and Karen, you may, hopefully you kind of agree with these, but in general, credit scores run mm-hmm. from 300 to 850 in our general recognized system. Yes. Uh, and really anything under 629 is considered not very good. I think there are some mortgages you can get for 620, and I know there are some programs for a little bit lower even, but in general. So if you're just wanting to kind of think about where you stand. Um, there was a super cute video I put up on YouTube this morning, and I think I did do that Twitter and all the all LinkedIn shared it all. Oh, over. I I, okay. I hootsweeted it. You'd be proud of me, Rachel. And uh, and it's really cute because it was couples. There were maybe four or five couples, and they were revealing to each other what their credit scores were. Okay. But there was a lot of conversation beforehand, and like these people didn't have any clue where their credit stood. They're like, yeah, I think mine's pretty good, and then it would come back at five forty two, and you know, and there was only one gloating woman. She's like, I know that mine is you know really good, and his was really good too, so it wasn't a big deal, but. Anyways, it was a super cute video, so I recommend taking a look at that. But uh, any, anything under 630 is probably bad. 630 to 690 is pretty decent. Um, 690 to 720 is good. And really, anything over 720 is excellent um, credit. Would you agree with those pretty much? I would. I would probably even boost the excellent up to about 740 or okay. so. Just okay. um, But... But right. yeah, but like you mentioned earlier, there are programs out there. So even though that these are just, uh, you know, some rough numbers, there are programs that can go down into the mm-hmm. 500s. You okay. just may not have very uh, favorable interest rates. Yeah. yeah. And so we're going to talk about some of that, I think, next week. But really what a credit score is, is an attempt to estimate how likely it is that you'll pay back credit. And it's based on data that's in your credit reports. That's all it really is. So it's an attempt to, it's really kind of almost a psychological thing. It's an attempt to uh, predict behavior. Mm-hmm. Challenging for sure. So what I thought we would start with today, let me make sure I got my estimates up, is the idea of no credit. So we're going to build, we're going to start with no credit, and then we're going to talk about credit reports and credit scores, uh, and then we'll go from there. So stick around. There's some really, really good, helpful information coming up. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. That is yet another break that I'm grateful that we weren't filming live. Anyways, so we are talking today about credit uh, and uh, the concept of credit, idea of no credit, credit reports, credit scores, that kind of thing. So I was doing some research, and have you ever had anyone come to you and say, I don't have any credit? Um, I All the time. All the time, right? Um, it could be, it usually is a younger person, uh-huh. uh, but they are surprised when we do pull that credit because there is... Something there. something there, yes. Right, and so that's one of the questions I always try to clarify when they say, well, I don't have any credit. Okay, well, do you mean you have a zero credit score, or do you mean that your credit's not very good, or what do you mean by that? Right. Um, and there's there was a story that I found on a gentleman's blog that I thought was really interesting in terms of this idea of having no credit. Because he, in fact, does have credit history, but his credit score is zero. Okay. Okay, so let me tell you a story. The guy's name is, I don't know what it is because he doesn't have it on his blog, Jay Wall. I, the blog is I am Jay Wall, J W A L. And apparently he doesn't like mustard. I find that a little weird, but I don't he like wanted to mustard. make sure. Well, no, that's an acquired taste. Mustard? Yes. No. I've never tasted it. <laughs> I don't want to. It smells horrible. Move Rachel, on. Rachel, did you just say under your breath, oh, here we go? <laughs> here we All go. All right. Well, I'm going to fight you to death, the death over mustard because. Anyways, okay, so he is Jay Wall. I think his name's Josh. So he says, forget skydiving. If you really want to live life on the edge, try living with a credit score of zero. In March 2009, he checked his credit score to make sure he and his wife were ready to apply for a home loan when the time was right. At the time, he had a decent credit score. He said 718, good job, and assumed all was well. Okay, this is in March. In June, he applies for the mortgage online, and the loan rep calls him immediately and says something like this, Josh... I'm looking at your credit score, and it's, or I'm no, Josh, I'm looking at your credit (laughs) history, and it's excellent. During the last few years, I can see you made all your payments on time in full. However, your credit score is currently a zero. That's a problem. 
And of course, Josh's first thought was, you've got to be kidding me. You've got the wrong guy. So we had to delve in to figure out what happened. Here's what happened. When he graduated college in 2006, he paid off his student loans very quickly. Even though wonderfully, this is him saying this, even though wonderfully generous loan companies give you money for your education, they expect you to repay the principal plus interest over a long period of time. Since I took a few math courses in college, it seemed like a good idea to pay off the principal as soon as possible. I know it sounds a little self-righteous, doesn't it? Sure, go ahead. But okay, so he paid off the principal as soon as possible to avoid paying thousands of dollars in interest. And I will say this is all true because I pulled my credit report and I was like, yeah, you know what, all those good things I did, 10 or 15 years ago were gone. They're just like not there anymore. It's all, what have you done for me lately? But anyways, poor Josh says, you know, I guess I was wrong. I didn't do the right thing. I later learned that my quick loan repayment meant my credit score only had a 12-month window to benefit from my financial responsibility. By the time we applied for a mortgage, I hadn't made any debt-related payments in over 12 months, and the credit bureaus could not determine my ability to make payments on a loan. I don't even know where to start with this story because I've never seen a credit score with a zero. I have seen insufficient uh, credit file, mm-hmm. you know, to, well, pop- to generate a score. Data. Right. But I've never seen a zero, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's for... But I think it does exist, though, because the Dave Ramsey guy talks about it all the time. Okay. I've personally never seen it. He says but- his score is zero. Okay. Dave Ramsey swears to it. I'm just saying. So he said that other factors that brought his credit score to its proverbial knees are that they live within their means, they only spend money they actually have, they pay for everything in full, and they do not have a credit card. Um, He said he's actually being punished for his financial stewardship, yada, yada, yada. Now, I'm not telling you to not not have debt. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. I just thought it was an interesting story that sort of um, is illustrating my point that credit is a little bit of a game, and sometimes you lose the game because you weren't playing it. Yes. And I I have seen where someone has not had any type of uh, current activity. I wouldn't have pinpointed it within the last 12 months, but there's obviously credit history there, um, but nothing recent. And then you're right, there there may not be enough to generate scores, or maybe only one bureau would give a score. So Right, right. It is a double-edged sword. It is, and it's a game. And he says that, you know, he's um, he's learned that the FICO, people responsible for FICO scores, this is what he says, wields a dangerously powerful and highly illogical control over lending in this country. I don't know. Here, Here's my, my thought on this as part of my philosophy. You know, I think that in life there are some games that you have to play that maybe you don't want to. You know, I'd certainly love to sustain myself on Bailey's Irish cream and pepperoni pizza, but <laughs> my body says, no, nah, it's not going to happen. Is that fair? No. <laughs> you know, it's, but it's a game you got to play. You got to get, you know, you got to get the vitamins. You got to do this. You got to do that. Sometimes I got to eat the broccoli. Mm. So one of the things I found really interesting in this whole kind of story of no credit is that it's, it reminded me of the SAT where they say, <laughs> if you get penalized for the wrong answer, yes. you don't get penalized as much if you just don't answer yes. the question. Which I don't even know what the SAT scores are right now, I but know, when I, I took them, it was like 1600. Yeah. And that's what I would tell, because people say, how do I get the highest credit right. score? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It's like scoring a perfect on your yeah. SATs. I don't understand it. And we're going to talk about that next week. I think <laughs> hopefully we'll get to that because in my research, 
research, I found a, a journalist who did an in-depth article on a guy who set out to get the perfect credit score. And it talks about all the things that he does. But even if you did all the things that this guy did, mm-hmm. you're still probably not going to get the same score. Well, because it's a moving, it's a moving number. It's a snapshot. It's a snapshot in that moment that your credit's pulled. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. To so we'll, we'll, yeah. So we'll look through that. But my thought was that we have run across people who have zero credit, and they have a better chance. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but they have a better chance of getting a mortgage than someone who has bad credit. Uh, the probability is higher yeah. <laughs> with someone with no credit. And I just think that's kind of crazy. It's Again, it's like the SAT. Don't answer the question or answer it wrong. You're better off if you just don't answer the question. It's like you're better off if you have zero credit than if you had bad credit. That is, I would agree with what your analogy is in the cases where the bad credit isn't a reflection of collection items or Mm -hmm. judgments or or something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you, uh, and then I was trying to figure out, okay, if you had bad credit, what do you do to get back to zero? I haven't been able to figure that answer out yet. Because it's a game. It's like a whole chessboard strategy. Do you ever play, what's the one with all the countries that people play? No, no, not that one. Oh. It's uh, not war. But risk? Risk. No, I don't play that. Yeah, no, I don't it. either. <laughs> oh, you have it? Yeah, we, no, don't no, agree. we, we have, have that. It, right? We have that game. So um, I, I saw, <laughs> this was something else funny that I saw on a message board. because, And that really got me thinking too. Because I thought, when you have credit questions about your credit, is a message board full of random strangers the best place to go to get answers? I, no. uh, I don't know. It's fun to read sometimes. It is. Yeah. Okay, so here was someone who said, if I close my credit cards, how long will it take for my credit score to drop to zero, assuming it is around 800-something now? Please don't lecture me about how important my FICO score is. I'm finished borrowing money. Okay, that was what the question, yeah, okay. question was. And here are a few of the answers. Uh, I would think death would bring a score to zero, so probably overnight is a minimum time. Wrong. Yeah. I'm no? going to disagree. I mean, this is my own opinion. <laughs> no. Um, it's not about borrowing money. Okay, then one person went into a lot of detail, and I thought this was an interesting point, too. It's, it's not just about borrowing money. And I think that's one thing people don't get with your credit score, mm-hmm. is that there are other things in life that are... Driven by that. Yes. That's what I was telling my appointment earlier. Yeah. In our town. uh, Now, I was telling her um, when I was her age, living here in Bloomington, they didn't pull your credit to rent an apartment. They didn't pull your credit because cell phones were just coming out. Yeah. You didn't do, you know, credit wasn't that. Even getting a job, your credit wasn't pulled with certain banking or financial related industries they didn't pull credit back then yeah and now that now they do insurance uh for sure uh, and uh and then the other thing uh, i don't think you said this uh, a lot of jobs they don't pull your credit score because you got to be special right yeah. you gotta have like a license to pull a credit score not a license but they right you have to i be will, a special person you you have to have a legitimate reason yeah. to be pulling someone's yeah. credit right. um, and if it's for employment you don't really need a score you but just if you're just report. trying to review someone's credit worthiness mm-hmm. um, but yeah when i started at a bank here in bloomington in 1998 mm-hmm. that was my first experience they pulled my credit they did they did and i almost didn't get a job because of a department store that's no longer here. Oh, didn't pay. Known it. nationwide. 
um, I had no idea. Yeah. It said that I it, it said that I owed them five hundred thirty three dollars, and uh, they said everything else looks good except we need something that says that you don't owe this money to get the job to get the job. Wow, interesting. It took me two months. Oh my gosh! To get it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I well, still have that paper to this day, <laughs> just in case. Well, I I found something that said about sixty percent of employers run credit reports now. So I thought that was really interesting. My favorite answer, though, to the lady of how long will it take me to get down to zero is someone said, if you are finished borrowing money, why do you care what your score is? That I like that answer. <laughs> I was like, mm, that makes sense. I like that answer. Yeah. Um, obviously, insurance or whatever. But, I mean, if you're really finished and done with it, then what does it matter? I don't know. But then that got me thinking, who is your person to go to? You know, I love resources. You got a broken tooth, you go to the dentist. You got a broken muffler, you go to the car repair place. Mm-hmm. You got broken credit, where do you go? Who's your go-to person to give you advice? It's not your financial advisor. Certainly not your realtor, as we're going to learn from today's show. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's, what, that's a question. There is no one, really, right? No one. Mm-hmm. I can tell you who it's not, and it's not a credit repair bureau. I would agree with that. And we can talk about that a little bit more in a future show. Um, And so I thought I would ask you, but it sounds like it is a bit of a mystery. It is. Whenever I got turned down from a very first, like, small loan, like Mm $1,000, and the person, I know, it sounds like a pretty woman. I always share this story. They would not, they wouldn't help me. They wouldn't tell me what I needed to do or anything. And my credit was limited at that time and probably had... (laughs) That department store card on Yeah, there. that you didn't but know. But nobody would help me. So I had to kind of dig around on my own to figure things out. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to try and clear up some of the mystery. But like I said, I'm a realtor. I'm just a lowly realtor. So I'm certainly not your go-to answer. But we're going to try and help you point in the right direction and point out some pitfalls. So the first thing that we're going to talk about in the next segment is a credit uh, report. And then we'll talk about the credit score and how those are different things, but everyone sort of mixes them up. So we will go to a break and be right back to talk about more the big credit show, as I like to call it. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. 
That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to our big credit show. We are talking about all things credit, philosophical I think we'll get a little bit more detailed next week. Karen's laughing at me. There is, I feel really strongly about this. I kind of was, I don't know, internally built that if I did not, it's the perfectionist to me. Ask me what my blood type is. What's your blood type? It's A positive, which is A plus because duh. I don't even know. I don't even know what mine is. I should probably know that. So it's like inbred in me, like that whole like perfection thing. It's sickness. But okay. anyway, so I have to have a good credit score. Okay. I had a boyfriend once. He's a banker. And uh, he was like, why are you working your butt off to have good credit and then not use it? Because I was beating myself up. I was stressing out over something. I don't even know what it was. It was something stupid. I think it was selling a house and buying a house. And I was going to have to get a swing loan or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to it. And he's like, why, why did you do all this work to make sure that you have good credit if you don't use it? in the times that you really legitimately need it. I thought that was pretty smart of him. It was. Um, And again, but then it comes back to the whole, but we shouldn't be using credit. But then why do I care? That's true. I have a side note here, if I could digress for a quick second. Please do. Uh, When my husband met me, I I had walked away from a relationship where I took all the debt. And it was all in my name. And uh, so I was trying to repay that and everything. Anyways, my credit got really bad. Uh, thankfully, I was already employed, so my credit wasn't repulled. But <laughs> I was still trying to crawl out of that when I met my husband, who then said, let's tackle this. Let's do it this way. We're going to you know, get this paid off, which we did. So now let's fast forward until a couple months ago. We went to refinance our house. And um, he's so competitive. Mm-hmm. So when our credit was pulled... He saw his three scores, Mm -hmm. and then he thought, I've got this in the bag. (laughs) And then my three credit scores, for the first time in almost 12, 13 years, surpassed all of his. He was pissed because he was like, <laughs> I, he goes, I felt like I helped you get out of that. I'm right. Like, I know. Great job, honey. Right. You know, like, look at this. Good job, dear. <laughs> exactly. Well, you have to watch that YouTube video with him then. I'm going to. Because that was, that would be very appropriate. All right. Well, let's talk about credit report a little bit. I'm going to like nerd out on you slightly. And I think there was actually a PBS special about this, the history of 
these credit bureaus, credit reporting bureaus. So I have to find that. But did you do you know the start? Do you know the no, history? But I would totally watch something like that. I know we should like you know a bottle of wine and watch a little PBS. So modern credit reporting was born around the turn of the 20th century. Okay. So it's about 120 years old. And it was when small merchants uh, shared financial information with each other regarding their mutual customers. So Equifax actually started and found it was founded in Atlanta, Georgia as the retail. So Equifax, let me back up. Equifax is one of the big three credit bureaus that collect your credit information and uh, keep reports. It's Equifax, TransUnion, TransUnion and Experian. Equifax was founded in Atlanta, Georgia as retail credit company in 1899 by brothers named, I don't know how you say his name, C-A-T-O-R, Cater and Guy Wolford. Um, and the Wolfords would keep a list of creditworthy customers and compile their findings, which they would then sell to other merchant uh, merchants in the area. I thought this part was really interesting. In many communities, representatives of the welcome wagon, I don't know if you know that, like, I, when I bought my first house, it was in the mid-90s, late 90s. You had a welcome wagon We had the through? welcome. They, well, it was a little more like somebody came by and dropped off a basket of stuff. That's really but nice. But it was all stuff that, like, merchants had put together, trying to get me to buy life insurance and this and that, whatever. But welcome wagon's been around forever. So the representatives of the welcome wagon would take note of a person's home, their furnishings, and their character, among other factors. And then they would report that information back to Equifax, which at the time was called the Retail Credit Company. And they would uh, kind of log all of that information. So it's interesting because they were understanding at that point in time, they were making that assumption that the ability for someone to repay debt, there are more factors than just numbers. Making your payment on time. Right. Sure. And we're coming back to that. We're coming full circle to that. So we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. Um, eventually, the majority of uh, business was making reports to insurance companies when people were applying for new insurance policies, including life and auto, fire, and medical insurance. And all the major insurance companies used this retail credit company to get information on the health, the habits, the morals, the use of vehicles and finances. And they also investigated insurance claims and made employment reports uh, when people were seeking new jobs. A few other companies then joined in over the years and then became the eventually ended up kind of with the big three of the credit reporting. Um, I also found this fun fact that TransUnion, one of the other big three, began as a railroad car leasing company. Interesting. <laughs> and Interesting tidbit. they acquired a credit bureau in 1969. Back then... Uh, without computers, how do you think they stored all that data? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Think about it. It was stored on index cards. And when they purchased uh, the credit bureau, there were more than 3.6 million index cards stored in more than 400 filing cabinets. So I'm saying, what I'm saying is that Big Brother's been watching us for a lot longer. I think people get freaked out these days. Big Brother's watching you. Know, Big Brother was watching you in 1969. Um, it wasn't until much later in the late 50s and early 60s the actual scoring of all of that data and trying to boil down that comprehensive picture of you or so-called comprehensive picture of you into a number uh, that came about uh, in the late 50s and early 60s. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. We talked about credit reports back uh, on June 21st. You remember that show? 
Oh, sure. Yeah, no, um, I do. But I have to give dates now because I always refer back to shows. And so I've made a promise to myself. I'm going to give people the dates of the show. So I go back through my little files. I do remember the show. I don't remember the date. <laughs> so the show was we were talking about top 10 websites for home buyers right. and sellers. And one of them was uh, a website for pulling your credit report. And on that show, we learned something really, really important about me. That you are tied up in real estate. <laughs> well, we did learn that, yeah. That that oh but also name, important your name apparently is Dedora. I have an alias Dedora Toman <laughs> because one of the things in your credit report is that it lists any other names that you could potentially go by and I apparently can go by Dedora Toman I've tried now since June to get that to catch on and I'm no luck every now and then I call every you now do. and then you yeah. you you, yeah, you pull in for the team so you can pull your credit report for free I know you love this so you you tell me. I, I use annualcreditreport.com. Um, it's the one that was established for you for consumers to monitor their credit reports for identity theft and things like that. There's no score involved in that. Um, and I, I, I know there are websites out there that if you want a score, you can pay for one. But, you know, I think a lot of credit cards offer that now, like on their statements. I think I yes. see commercials for... Uh, certain credit cards that I, don't, I that I don't personally have yep. that they'll give you a score. But yeah, and we'll talk about that in the next segment too. So you can pull your credit report once per year, every twelve months per credit bureau. Correct. So you could pull it every four months if you wanted to, if you were pulling from each credit yeah, bureau, which is what I would recommend. I didn't do that yeah. the first year. I okay. was like, oh, I'm gonna pull. Every single one right, right. now, then, then that was it. Crickets for the next 12 months. Right. And and I guess part of you wants to do that because you want to compare. I guess. And but. I didn't really know exactly what I was doing once that was an option for a consumer. But, but now I will do that every four months just to kind of see where things stand and make sure that there's nothing unusual out there that I did not open myself. Right. Well, make sure you pull it at work because it's about 50 pages and you don't want to print that on your home printer. <laughs> at least that's what I do. Um and so we'll go over kind of the highlights that are in the credit report. Um, as we mentioned, it does list names. And that's the other thing, too. It, depending on who's pulling your credit and, and what type of credit is being pulled, mortgage, revolving, mm-hmm. you're pulling your own. You're right. Those reports vary from, you know, like your personal one. It could be 50 pages. Yeah. I know some of the ones I pull at work could be. 25 mm-hmm. but that's for what I'm doing right so it's sure. definitely and some of these I they're hard for me to read yeah like the personal ones yeah when I pull a mortgage one I can read it no you problem it is. yeah okay. well it starts off with it's just listing out kind of your overall account picture so for example we talked about this with mine I'm heavy on mortgages because I have rental properties but I don't have any other credit card debt so um, it's showing sort of the debt um my ratios. So how much of it is mortgage debt? How much of it is installment debt? What's an installment debt? That would be like a student loan or a car payment? Regular monthly fixed payments. Okay. A revolving, which is like a credit card. Mm-hmm. And then they have another category. I have no idea what that would be. I don't know what other would be either. And it lays it out on, on this report I pulled from Equifax. It lays it out nicely because one of the big things that goes into um, calculating your credit score is what percentage of um, debt that you have available to you are you using? Mm-hmm. So if you've got, um, and we're going to talk about that, I think, next week, but um, it lays that number out pretty nicely and easy to see. talks about your oldest accounts, your newest accounts, average age of accounts, how long you've had accounts. It shows my very first one was a Discover card that I opened on September 23rd, 1991. 
Uh, I still have it. That's good. I still have that. Now I can't close it. No, sure. I was going to say, don't don't close that one. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes through and it shows all your open accounts. It shows kind of an, it seems like an 81-month history is in this report, sort of what they're looking for. So almost seven years. It'll go back and, and um, show any late payments or missed payments or anything like that. For me in the report, that goes on for a while. And then it gets towards the end of uh, my report, uh, and I thought this part was really, really interesting, too. I know we talked about this on the last show, but it shows recent inquiries Mm -hmm. into your credit. And this is something that people always ask about, you know, do these inquiries hurt my credit? This helps answer that for you because it breaks down those credit inquiries. Uh, I've got inquiries that may impact your credit rating, and there were a couple here because I was in the process of getting a mortgage on a new property. And then there is a huge long list of inquiries that do not impact my credit rating. And these are mostly companies that are sending me promotions and they're doing, they're looking at my credit and the credit bureaus are allowing them to do that. I think that's weird. I think they're getting, uh, some, some, uh, pieces of uh-huh. of you of, of your history of your My credit picture, history yeah. yeah to say you meet the gotcha. requirements for us to like pre-screen you type of thing um but yeah they don't they don't see all of your detail oh, until okay. you respond to one of them right. and say okay yeah let's open up this card or whatever and then there were so. a few on here there's one from a utility company and there's a couple on here from lenders who look like they're places I probably have a mortgage with, and they're just wanting to kind of check in on me, make sure I'm doing okay. That Keeping or, an eye on me. Or two, those could be uh, oh, credit cards be you already have mm-hmm. and that you're using it and paying them on time and all that. They yeah. could want to increase your balance or, yeah. or limit. So I thought that was really, really probably, to me, one of the most interesting parts um, of the report. And then there's a lot of the personal information as well. So I highly recommend that everybody go and do that. Karen, again, what is the best website to do that on, Pull Your Credit my Report? My favorite one is annualcreditreport.com. Yep, that's what I, my research said was the one that was recommended as well. So, and we'll put a link to that up on Facebook. We probably already have. Um, but pull that credit report and take a look at it and see if you see any errors. I mean, Dodora Toman, probably not going to kill me, but, um, you know, if I saw um, some mortgages maybe that had been closed but didn't show up as closed, that's something I would want to be dealing with. Absolutely. Uh, and again, you're not going to get your score. So let's talk about why that is when we come back in the next, next segment. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision. 
one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to real real estate today to reach deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show please send an email to deb at real real estate that's deb at real real estate now back to this week's program welcome back to our final gosh it always goes so fast our final um, segment of the big credit show, part one. I don't know. We may be doing shows on credit till the end of the year because <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Today, we're just sort of talking about high-level terms and what a credit report is, what a credit score is, so that you understand the difference between those terms. Um, and one of the things we had mentioned earlier was this myth that people think that employers use credit scores uh, for determining employment. And that is not the case, but they do, 60% of them, supposedly, use credit reports. So those are often, the terms credit score and credit report are often used interchangeably as if they're the same thing, when in fact they are drastically different. The credit report is the data. That's what you're going to be pulling three times a year from Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. But the score is the grading of that data, and it's not a permanent part of the credit report. Um, It uh, is flexible and fungible, and it flows, and it ebbs, and it changes, uh, and it is different on Monday than it is on Tuesday, I think, is pretty much how it works. And there are some exciting Interesting. I wouldn't say exciting, but interesting changes coming up with credit scores. Some of them are sort of theoretical and some of them are um, actual. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But one of the most popular version of the credit score is called the FICO score. And that, Karen, is that what you all use? The FICO? It is. Okay. It is, yes. Uh, there are some other companies that are trying to give FICO uh, a run for their money, like Vantage. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. There's there are some other companies out there that do credit scoring and put credit scoring software together, um, and it just seems to be adding to the confusion of an already confusing credit score. Ninety percent of the top lenders use FICO, so that's what we're going to focus on in our conversation. But for example, this Vantage company that I had never heard of, but they've been out there. There's a lawsuit because you know that's what these big companies do is they sue each other, and they were scoring uh, using the same credit reports. But their scoring system would score credit between 501 and 990. And I know some people have because I've had people come in and say their credit score is 900. And I'm like, I don't think it can be 900 because 
FICO scores go from three to eight, 300 to 850. But they were using this other company or? Yeah. Okay. okay. So they had pulled it or maybe, it, maybe their credit card, you know, when you get your credit card statement, like you were talking about, and it says, um, you know, here's what your credit score is. Right. Maybe they were using this other company, Vantage, and they were saying, oh, your credit score is nine something. Okay. So it's confusing. So a few years ago, Vantage ended up adopting the same range, 300 to 850. But how they calculate that number could be very different. And there are other models out there as well. So for now, we're going to focus on FICO um, and, and how they're scoring. So let's back up a little bit and talk about what the hell this word FICO means. Do you know? It's like the Fair Isaac... It's the scoring model. I don't know. I know. See, you're probably. I know. I should. I should have come prepared. For no, that. I didn't tell you. I didn't. No. I'm. I didn't. You like to this. do that to me. There's a YouTube video. Did I send you? Was that in the? I think that was in the links that I sent. Uh, and I actually watched it. It's only about five minutes long, and okay. it tells you the history. So there's this dude whose last name is Fair. I don't remember his first name. It's like Bill Fair and John Isaac. Okay. Something like that. Okay. So Fair and Isaac, and they were going to Stanford in the fifties. And they started their business. They were math majors. And they wanted to use algorithms. This is where it gets all fancy. Algorithms of past behavior to predict the behavior of people. And so it's it's fascinating to me that that's really what this whole show today has been about. It's really more like a psychological thing than it is about math and how those two worlds overlap. I find very interesting. But I'm certainly not smart enough to live in that world. But it's predictive analytics. Um, and I think a lot of businesses use that concept of predictive analytics. I get companies trying to sell me lists of names that they've done predictive analytics and said, okay, in this neighborhood, people mm-hmm. tend to, with this income and this many kids, tend to sell their house after they've owned it for this many years. And then they'll sell you a list and say, these are the houses that are most likely to go on the market this year. It's crazy what what companies track and... Like you said, and what, right. what they're, like you said, big brother tracking and then selling to us that want them. Exactly. So Fair and Isaacson, or Fair Isaac and Company, FICO, started with the goal of helping businesses make better decisions using math and computers. Um, and I really like that because that's sort of what my mission statement's always been is helping people make better decisions. But then you also kind of try to boil it down to black and white and take out the fact that people are individuals. So, yeah, I struggle with that a little bit, too. In 1958, they wrote letters to 50 of the largest lenders in the country asking for an opportunity to explain their credit scoring system, and they got one to respond. And it's been no looking back since then. As they grew through the 60s, they were a bit revolutionary. They were challenging what lenders had typically used to determine credit. Uh, For example, they showed time and time again that race was not a predicting factor of creditworthiness, which in the 60s was something that was being used. Yeah. So they they, they really did um, do some pioneering that that changed the country. Um, On a side note, they also at the same time developed pioneering technology for managing credit card accounts. So they are also responsible for the large explosion of credit card usages. Thus guaranteeing the need for credit scoring, right? (laughs) I think they sort of created their own little. So today, FICO scores um, are used on more than 10,000 credit decisions per year. And there are over, and I think we'll talk about this maybe more next week, but there are over 50 models for creating FICO scores. So the one that's on your Discover card bill is not necessarily going to be the one on your mortgage. mortgage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of stories that are articles that I think Rachel's going to put up, and uh, we can talk about this a little bit more next week to maybe start the show off with this. Um, there is not only um, 
FICO isn't just looking at these credit report pieces of data, but now they're expanding it and they're looking at alternative credit. Um, They're doing some things outside the country. They do some credit scoring for other European countries and uh, Asian uh, countries in India, Russia, places like that. And they don't necessarily have the same credit report. And what they're experimenting with and taking a look at are these new scoring models based on people's phone calls, texts, mobile locations, data like that that they have about people. That would be an interesting read. I don't understand how they can get from point A to point B. But as you can see, I highlighted a lot in the story because I just think it's fascinating. Um, You know, that, um, you know, if this works for them, if they, they prove it to work, it could really change things here. And I think it could change things for the better. Because remember, we talked about in the credit when in 1899, the welcome wagons going around Mm -hmm. and reporting back. They were reporting on things beyond just your credit, beyond just your repayment. And that's kind of what we're getting back to is they're looking at other habits. I don't understand how your texting habits can indicate. No, because I'm sitting here thinking the time of day. Sometimes if I get up in the middle of the night right. and I see something or, you know, I respond to a text or, or something like that. Yeah. Usually it's close friends or right. family. Like I'm sitting here thinking, oh, are they going to say, oh, someone who texts at 3 a.m. in the morning is more likely to. Right. I don't know what that is. It's just crazy to think about. There's some statistics here in this uh, one article that talks about how 7.7% of United States households don't have bank accounts. And that about 20% of the population have bank accounts, but they don't rely on them, meaning they probably just have it so they can go cash their paycheck, but they don't deposit money and, and use it regularly. Those are what they're called unbanked and underbanked people in the country. Those are people who can't get loans that don't have credit available to them. So the question becomes, does the economy, how would the economy function if more of those people were able to get loans? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. And I think we're probably going to run out of time to having that conversation. Um, You know, there are people out there who I think are considered very financially responsible. You know, Dave Ramsey, for one, I believe in his, his, what he preaches for sure. Um, But he invests in mutual funds and he's investing in companies who use credit in order to grow their businesses. So I I don't think we can say no credit is healthy for an economy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was supposed to tie this all up in a neat little package with a bow at the end. Not today. Not today? Maybe next time. All right, thanks. I appreciate you giving me a pass on that because there's just a lot there. Um, There's some other exciting things with alternate credit coming up, again, for people who don't have traditional credit um, and maybe paving the way there. So lots, lots more to talk about in terms of credit, and we are going to do that next week. So be sure to tune in again and follow us on Facebook um, to read all of these articles and see these YouTube videos. We will be back. Thank you so much for joining me. You were listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets. 